0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Bright Young Things. Hi, Sophia.
1: Hi, Austin. How are you How's doing? <laughs> I'm glad that, like, how many episodes in, we still are so excited to chat to each other. What a journey. What a, what a relief. I was afraid you were going to get sick of hearing about <laughs> books.
0: So have you been, since our last recording, have you been to any new and exciting movie theaters or gyms?
1: Oh, yes, I was definitely hitting them all up. Just kidding, obviously. Um, But maybe I shouldn't joke because I have seen people doing that. And I've been like, buddy, what? (laughs) Like, why? Um,
0: So, yeah, yeah, just for prosperity and for people who don't know, we are in our third lockdown here in Ontario.
1: Yes, we are in lockdown three, emergency break 5.7 at like shut down two point six I don't know anymore I just know that we are at home as we should be um trying our best living life 2021
0: but <laughs> who wants to talk about all that depressing stuff because this week for our second <laughs> Shakespeare episode <laughs> we are talking at Titus Andronicus.
1: Ah <laughs> uh, yes that'll cheer you up. Love it. Can't wait. <laughs> I have so many thoughts because this is my first time reading Titus Andronicus. And I think that one of the funny things about our friendship is like we like, I th- I feel like that was one of the first things we realized we both read a lot of, but we both read like different, like, like you read, like, I feel like tragedies and histories. And I like was like over there in the comedies and like, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, that's so funny. Because together we form like the whole canon but, like, it's nice that we get to see, like, the other sides of Shakespeare's works.
0: So, yeah, this is one of his earliest works. I've heard, I've read conflicting things on it. I've heard it was his first tragedy, but also maybe one of his first first published, worked, oh, published wow. works, but also maybe one of his first performed works. But I'm not sure which one is the most accurate.
1: That is so cool. It also kind of makes me wonder who saw this and was like, we need more from this guy.
0: Like, we need
1: more <laughs> people pie. Spoiler. <laughs> like, that's an interesting, like, break into the market. What were people picking up on?
0: hmm So before we get into it, what, should we just do, like, an overall plot description?
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Okay, so it takes place in late Imperial Rome. Okay. But unlike Julius Caesar and Ant- Antony and Cleopatra, this isn't a historical play. It's all fiction. Right. But it is based off of, like, ancient poets like Ovid and... I forget who. So it was another one that that they named in the play. Right. But it's about a returning Roman general coming back from fighting the Goths, which is like Northern Europe, Scandinavia area. So he brings back the Queen of the Goths and her three sons. And his sons want to sacrifice the eldest son of the Queen of the Goths as kind of like recompense for all the brothers they lost. And the Queen of the Goths goes, hey, maybe don't sacrifice my son. And Titus Andronicus goes Nah, I think I will <laughs> And he does <laughs> So then the queen of the goths Wants to have vengeance on the Andronicai family for the death of her son Which ends up Her and her lover Plot the vengeance and it ends up with Two dead sons One raped and mutilated daughter uh, Titus Andronicus himself cuts off his own hand and ends up with everybody being dead in the end.
1: I just want everyone to know that while that description was happening, like, all of a sudden, Austin had, like, a blazer with elbow patches on and glasses, and I was taking notes. That's <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> you can't have the visual, but I don't know. It just, uh, that's how it went down. It was a great description. Honestly, <laughs> I needed that Um
0: it's a bit and, more intricate than that than what I described, but that's the gist of it. <laughs>
1: so it's a perfect over, overview, I feel like. I feel like when I talk about this, like, I'm going to have to frame it as if, um, like, Tamara, Queen of the Goths, and Lavinia, and even Titus Andronicus are real housewives of ancient Rome. Like, I feel like that's <laughs> the only way I can, like, <laughs> like conceptualize it in my mind. Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like when I was reading it, I... Well, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be up front. I read like three quarters I feel well like three acts I'm not good at math as we know but uh (laughs) and I listened to the last two acts and I liked doing it that way because I kind of felt like I could situate things more like when I read things like in text I'm like okay but I do like hearing it out loud because I'm like if it's a play I feel like it's meant to be heard out loud um and I liked it I liked it more than I thought I would and it also felt shorter than I thought but like maybe it felt short because of how many like murders and terrible things happened (laughs) in such a short period of time. I don't know. I think this
0: is Shakespeare's bloodiest play. Like it is a total bloodbath.
1: Completely. And like, we should say to you, like as a trigger warning, like this is like, there's like a lot going on here. There's like rape, murder, like everything like that. So trigger warning, if that stuff gets to you, maybe don't go down this path, but let's get into it because I have opinions (laughs) and I'm ready.
0: (laughs) Okay, so yeah, this is your first time reading it, right? Yes. You said you liked it?
1: I did. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Again, coming from, like, (laughs) the Real Housewives of Rome perspective, (laughs) I felt like it was really juicy. Um, And there was, like, parts where I was, like, she literally just told you not to kill her son and that she would exact (laughs) revenge why like what I guess everyone says that when they're put in a corner like this is like the epitome of like someone throwing a glass of wine in like another housewife's (laughs) face in the franchise so I was kind of like guys what were you expecting would happen (laughs) obviously she's very pissed you did not kill all her sons and like hello um yeah that was that was my thoughts Uh, and like
0: so what you're saying is i should have started the play with just everybody dying right off the bat
1: yes like let's cut to the chase let's titus just just
0: kills everyone (laughs) that was the entire all the problems that come out
1: like a five second play like bye everybody uh no I, i i thought it was i thought it was good i liked it and there was like descriptions of certain things where i was like okay like i could definitely fall into that mindset of like okay this is examining like what honor means and i want to talk about honor like more so when we get to lavinia because that part really made me mad even though i understood Uh kind of what was going on but yeah what do you think about this play austin like how many times have you read it before
0: so i've only actually read it once before okay but I talked about it with a Romeo and Juliet episode. I yeah. liked reading it the second time a lot more than I liked reading it the first time. Yeah, but I found reading Titus Andronicus the second time I liked it a lot less than I liked it reading the first time.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: I, I found a lot of the pacing really weird, especially in the first act. Like oh. it just takes off like that, and
1: yeah,
0: I found it a t- lot of the decisions kind of weird. I, I liked it. I like it on the whole, but yeah, to some of the individual parts. Hmm. Like in the first scene, it mm-hmm. describes. Titus coming back from fighting the Goths.
1: Yeah.
0: Bringing the bodies of his sons and the prisoners of war. Yep. So, there's a comp- there's a conflict between the two sons of the deceased emperor, Saturninus and Bassianus.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the people of Rome choose Titus as their next emperor, but he says, no, I'm too old. You don't want me as emperor, because I won't be around for long enough.
1: i uh, uh, so- <laughs> like... <laughs> Seems like you could have been a good pick, uh,
0: but okay. <laughs> Continue. We'll talk about that because would he be a good pick considering all the things that happened, but.
1: He just wants retirement. He just wants to sit with a mimosa. He's living his best <laughs> real housewife life. Sorry, I can't get that out of my head.
0: So yeah, that happens in the first scene and it keeps going in that instead of taking up the emperorship, mm-hmm. Titus throws his support for the, um, the old emperor's eldest son, Saturninus, and. He says that he will give his daughter to Saturninus to marry, right? But his daughter Lavinia is already pledged to the old emperor's younger son Bassianus, so he says, "No, I'm not going to let you take my fiance away from me," and he abducts her. Right. So then Titus tries to give chase, and his sons try to block his way, and he kills one of the he kills one of his own sons. Right. And then he says that his sons betray him, and he tries to deny them being buried in the family mausoleum what? or whatever right but I find that kind of weird how his, they introduced Titus as being so honorable right off the bat and then within like 10 minutes is killing his own sons and mm-hmm. disowning the rest of them
1: <laughs> I think like that's that's part of it where I was like okay this is clearly a person who like values being listened to as the head of the family like that's how I made sense of it but when I hear you say it like I agree but in my head when I was reading it I was like oh okay so He's the patriarch. He believes that he should be, like, obeyed just without question. And then when they went against him, I was like, all right, this is how it's going to go down. Okay. And I was also, like, his, like, big introduction and, like, a big staple of his personality and why he's so honorable is he went to war and lost, like, what, 21 sons out of 25? Yeah. How do you have time to have 21 sons? (laughs) All in fighting age to go, like, off to war. Well,
0: that has to do with some of the myths that the, like, the play is based off of.
1: Oh, okay. Because in the
0: myth of the Trojan War, the king of Troy has the same amount of sons.
1: Okay, I can, I can see it. But I'm, I'm still just like, <laughs> buddy, you clearly do not value how many children you have because you just think there's a million all the time. <laughs> and I was like, all right, so I guess he doesn't really care that much about his children,
0: yeah, and I guess it's like the, oh it doesn't matter if 21 of my sons died I still have 21 left and they go he thinks
1: it's like the high um, actually
0: zone. there's only four of us left.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's still used to like the like double digits kid life but um yeah and like I think that clearly shows by the end of the book too that he does not value his children in like a loving way I'd say in more, it, it's like more of like um like it just feels like his one true love much like Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender. It's all about honor. It's all about reclaiming the honor. (laughs) Honor is the only thing that matters. He's out there. Like, nothing else matters. None of his his kids matter more than, like, being honorable. And I'm like, okay, but, like, (laughs) you can't be, like, both, like, a good dad and, like, also just so ready to kill everyone all the time.
0: That has a lot to do with kind of, like, the Roman mentality of the play as well. Mm -hmm. Because it takes place in ancient Rome and Roman society is a very patriarchal society and like the rule of the paterfamilias or the father of the family was always above everything else
1: yeah that makes sense i mean yeah I, i don't know there was just parts of it where i was like it the interpretation and application of honor kind of bothered me but it was like i i got it like i got why it was being like put out that way but I don't know. Is it too early to talk about Lavinia or...
0: I was going to say, let's talk characters.
1: Okay, let's get into it.
0: Okay, so the main cast is Titus Andronicus, his son Lucius, his daughter Lavinia. Yep. And then there's the Queen of the Goths, Tamara, and her two sons, Chiron and Demetrius.
1: Right.
0: Then there's the Queen of the Goths lover, Aaron the Moor.
1: Right. Who is
0: also a very problematic character, which we can talk about later. Yeah. And there's the Emperor Saturninus and his brother, Bassianus. Right. Uh, who else is there?
1: I love that there's... Titus is... There's in the background. What's okay, what going on? And I was like, wow, this is like so fitting. Like They're all criminals. Let's go.
0: <laughs> I'm actually recording this from the back of a police cruiser right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, we talked, since we talked about this with Jul- Romeo and Juliet, who were your MVPs of the play?
1: None. Is that, <laughs> is that controversial? That's, that's
0: fair. That's a that's a fair judgment.
1: I can't even think of one that I like. <laughs> I I feel bad for several of them at different points in the story, but I don't think I like any of them necessarily. Do you? you, didn't, like clo- you didn't
0: like the clown? You do not like the clown to kept mishearing Jupiter? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. What about you?
0: There were a couple that I liked. I liked Titus's brother Marcus. Yeah, he he seemed to have this his stuff together most of you know, the end the Andronici,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then Titus's last remaining son Lucius he did pretty well for himself.
1: Yes, yeah. I don't know. I just like as I was reading through it again, I was like, I this is the equivalent of like Shakespearean Real housewife drama. I didn't like any of them. I didn't like any of them. And I wa- I watched it like a train wreck unfolding where every act, I was like, maybe something will happen that is good. And it didn't, Um. yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like even like Lavinia, like when when she was killed in the end because she was raped, I was like- So
0: yeah, we'll explain- we'll explain that one. Okay. So as revenge for Titus killing- their brother, the two sons of Tamara, the queen of the Goths, Chiron and Demetrius, trap or kind of lure. I think so. No, they trap Lavinia and her husband out in the forest. They kill the husband and then they trigger warning again. Yeah. So they rape Lavinia and they cut off her hands and cut out her tongue so she can't say who did it.
1: Like, uh, okay, super gruesome, but again, like this is probably realistic for that time period. But I was, like, when her dad killed her in the end because of it, for honor, because she was supposed to represent, like, chastity and, like, innocence and, like, purity and stuff, I was, like, this is not a fun, like, this is not a fun time. And, like, I I get why, like, historically this is, like, written this way, but I was, like, does nobody get a happy ending in this? Like, does nobody get, like, spared? Like, just, uh
0: so I, I could really show off my Roman nerdship this episode because Please. the story of Lavinia is based off of another couple of Roman myths. So there's the one of Philomena who was raped and had her tongue cut out. Yeah. And then there was a Roman named Virginius and her daughter, his daughter was raped and oh. he killed her. And that's where that story came from.
1: Okay. that's like so an honor killing. This is like Shakespeare, like tapping into a bunch of stuff. Which mm-hmm. is interesting. I didn't know that. That's really I, yeah. Cool. I find that
0: very interesting.
1: Yeah, I like that. Okay,
0: so we have no MVPs for this play. No, but do we have LVPS, least valued players?
1: Yes, we do. All of them, like <laughs> straight up, all of them. I think like what makes me mad was like reading about Tamara like being like so unsympathetic towards Lavinia, and she was kind of like old testamenting, like eye for an eye, and. Mm-hmm. Like, she basically tells her sons, like, no, like, they didn't spare your brother, so we're not sparing Lavinia. Like, I basically told Titus Andronicus to, like, watch himself and, like, not kill my son. And now this is my time to shine. And I was, like, seriously? Like, like, this is so immature. And I was, like, okay, whatever. But I was, like, I didn't know who I was more mad at. Like, them for not killing Tamara in the first place. Or... (laughs) Like, her, like, Tamara for not rising above it, kind of? Because she was going to be empress, right? So, like... Yes. You kind of won. Like, I, this is, like, <laughs> her being, like, where, where's the honor? And so I was, like, okay. Like, it's just going to be a bloodbath out of pride. And uh-huh. I was, like, okay. Um Which, as this unfolds, like, it did feel like a train wreck in that I couldn't look away. And I wanted to see how yeah. it would, like, crash. But I was like, oh, <laughs> like, mm, no. What about you? Who's your LVP?
0: So I think for, like, reprehensible acts, it's definitely Tamara's sons, Kyron and Demetrius, because they're the mm-hmm. ones who rape Lavinia and mutilate her. And yeah, I think they get what they deserve in the end. Yes. And the scene's probably the most famous play. At the end, when Titus tries to feign a reconciliation between him and Tamara, yeah. So he invites her and the emperor emperor over to his house for a banquet. So it ends up going that Titus kills Tamara's sons and cooks them into pies. Yes. And then feeds them to Tamara and then kills her. Mm. <laughs> Which I don't know if I'm just a psychopath but I kind of <laughs> found all the viol- I find all the violence in the play kind of cathartic. Okay. In a way cuz it's just kind of unrestrained and it's just Goes over the top.
1: Is this like what like people in Shakespeare's time would worry about? Like not like oh my son's playing video games it'll make him violent. Like no, it's more (laughs) like oh my son watched Titus Andronicus.
0: (laughs) Apparently, at the time, revenge plays like this were very popular.
1: What? Like is this like the equivalent of like um like when people have like fantasies about like you know the horrible bosses movie where they like they can't actually kill their boss so they need like catharsis or venting through media is this what we're saying
0: i'd compare it almost to like a modern day horror movie like a slasher movie
1: okay okay i can see you that you kind of go
0: for the bloodshed and the gore and everything but you know it's not real but yeah just no. seeing it in itself is kind of an experience
1: okay i'm following i get it
0: so going back to characters i think for me the most problematic character was aaron the moore who was the That's lover like- of tamara
1: yeah Does he survive at the end? He does, right? He does not. He does not? What happens to him?
0: They bury him up to his shoulders and then let him starve to death.
1: That guy. Okay.
0: But his whole drive throughout the play is just kind of being as evil as possible and just doing bad things for the sake of doing bad things. And he has no real reason behind it. Oh. But the main problem is that the character is African.
1: Oh.
0: And there's a lot of descriptions of him, like his soul is as black as his skin and so racism (laughs) yeah very racist (laughs) and he ends up having a child with tamara but the child is also black Uh but then there's lots of descriptions as the trigger warning again like this isn't anything i subscribe to but they call obviously i don't but they keep mentioning the child is like a slave child and oh god I could try and find quotes to exemplify it but I don't really think it's too too necessary
1: no I'm sure but yeah I remember reading through and like encountering obvious racism when description like describing that I didn't follow which character it was because there was one act where I was kind of like in and out but um, again I guess because of the time period but doesn't make it okay obviously
0: and I also think because of the time period, I feel like this character would have most certainly been played in blackface.
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's not good.
0: Okay, I can't really imagine playhouses in Elizabethan England employing black actors. No. But aside from the race thing, I found his character very, like, well, not very well explained. Like, there's no really a motivation for what he does. It's just him being evil. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that ties into the rape thing for like sentiments that they would have had about black people at that time. They're
1: I'm not sure that to I say, didn't... yeah.
0: Like they I'm could try- have made him a purely evil character and not had him have him have been black.
1: Which yes, I find... that seems like completely out of left field and unnecessary. Uh-huh. I don't know. I wonder too. Like honestly, like I'm trying to think back and think of like another black character in a Shakespearean play, and I can't.
0: Yeah. I was thinking too,
1: which is really odd and like definitely points to more racism but yeah i can't think of another one obviously i can in like modern adaptations of the works but uh not i don't think i've ever read anything like explicitly mentioning someone's race other than this
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and they really go in depth on it too like there's lots of mentions how like tar black his skin is and i'm like okay that's a bit unnecessary too much yeah okay so i want to go back to the topic of violence what did you Take away from all the violence in the play, like did you think it was entertaining or was it just too over the top
1: um like I thought it was fine. I think I kind of like my brain does this thing sometimes where when I'm reading through something and there's like fight scenes or like descriptions of that like i I don't really like register it fully. I'm just kind of like waiting until I get to more dialogue, which is not great, but um, yeah, it was okay. I thought like the pie thing was kind of hard, and it was hard like listening to like Lavinia trying to bargain with Tamara about like not getting assaulted or like mutilated like I found that really like because she was kind of like trying to um like appeal to her femininity and like Tamara was like no like we're not on the same level I'm not considering this and I thought that was like really rough but I mean again like there's a lot of like depictions in this that are like racist sexist um but it's like a tragedy and it's horrific and yeah i don't know what did you think about it how old were you when you first read this
0: I think i would have been in high school still
1: Hmm.
0: which during my edgy high school is like yeah violence is awesome yeah Yeah. but yeah i still i still really like all the violence just because it's like a horror movie like you can just kind of sit back and be like okay, this is a really mean anything, but I'm going to l- read all these people dying. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think, like, too, like, again, like, context of today, terrible on so many levels for so many reasons. But context of, like, um, how many hundred years ago, this is, like, something that was kind of more common to talk about or, like, in this way, which doesn't make it okay. But mm-hmm. I like when you were saying, like, Oh yeah, it's like the equivalent of like a horror movie or something. Like obviously we know there's like problematic representation and connotations and a lot of things now. Um, but yeah, when I was reading through this, I was like, oh wow, like this person's dead, this person's dead, this person was assaulted, and then I was like, okay, like there's like a lot going on here. And I think that might be like part of the reason where I was like, oh okay, this is where we're going, and I just kind of like wrote it out to the end to the people pie. Mm-hmm.
0: Aside from King Lear, I think this is must be the only play where there's actually like mutilation on stage that stays with characters, like mm-hmm. Lavinia losing her hands and tongue that would have had to be an effect they would have had to have on stage, and right. Titus cutting off one of his hands too, that would have been another effect so, yeah. I found that interesting thinking of how they would have pulled that off on stage
1: Yeah, me too It would have been interesting to see
0: There was something else I was going to say too, but it, it, it escapes me right now <laughs> Oh yeah, it's probably bad, but I love the Piscean, it's fine that <laughs> So satisfying for something that's happened.
1: I, I feel like she does get her just desserts, if you will. Uh, oh, <laughs> thank uh, you. Good night. <laughs> Mic drop. Um, yeah, because she is terrible. And a lot of them are terrible in this play, I feel like. But there's something special about, like, Tamara because she so willingly inflicts evil on someone who does not have a lot of power in the situation and so i was like so
0: so i want to go back to the one point you said maybe things would have been better if titus had been emperor yeah giving it up for so why do you think that
1: um i honestly just feel like like he's an old dude he's been to war a lot so he's strategic and he's tired and so he wouldn't be like so uppity and like ready to start wars about like any little thing and so I was like, why wouldn't you just give it a shot, ride it to retirement, and <laughs> maybe everything would be fine. Um, but yeah, that's just what I was thinking.
0: I found this, it's been a debate over the play as well, whether, do you think Titus actually went mad or was he just faking it to cover yeah. up his plans for the, for the Goths?
1: I thought he was faking it. I thought it was like, kind of like, I don't know, I feel like we've seen similar things in like Hamlet, but We've also seen like genuine like madness come in like Macbeth, so I couldn't a hundred percent tell, but I thought he was faking it because at the end, like by the time he puts like the people pie in front of her, like I honestly feel like yeah, that's a plan. Like that's not like like you can go crazy and still do things, but you're not going to be like go crazy, set the oven to three seventy five Fahrenheit. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like you had to be there a little bit. Like uh, I, I think anyway.
0: I found an interesting take where. He thinks he's acting mad,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like he's he still thinks he's saying, but he is, he has actually gone mad.
1: Oh, well, that's interesting. I mean, like, I could see that too. I think, like, anytime something that traumatic happens to you, you, you go a little bit like loopy for a while. But again, this is also a person who was at war for how many years and probably saw terrible things all the time. And if he didn't, mm-hmm. like, You know cave under the pressure not cave under the pressure, but like that's a lot of pressure for a brain to take like if he could cope with that then why Would he all of a sudden not cope with this and I the only argument would be like, oh, no Well, it's his kids this time. It's close to home, but he already lost like 20 sons at war So there is a
0: difference though between I guess losing your sons on a battlefield where you're fighting for a purpose and then coming back home where you think you're safe and Maybe you have everything, you know, turned on its head and the government you thought you could trust Yeah Killing your kids.
1: He thought there was honor and there was none. Traumatic for him because it's all (laughs) he cares about, as we know. I just actually wanted to talk about um, getting into this because I would say this is like one of the first plays that I have read by Shakespeare in a while that I had not read before. Like I read quite a few like during like grade eight to grade 12, I feel like. And that felt a little bit different because Some would be, like, through my English class, and my English teachers were amazing, and they would break down, like, all the slang, all the inside jokes, and it was a really fun time. And so anytime I read those plays now, I kind of, like, have that in the back of my mind. And then other ones I read during...
0: I just want to say, speaking of inside jokes... Yeah. I just want to recognize that this play has the greatest I did your mother joke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god.
0: When Tamara has the son of her and Aaron, Mm
1: -hmm. and the
0: nurse brings it in, and the sons go oh, villain, what have you done? And Aaron goes, I have done thy mother.
1: Oh, my god, <laughs> I didn't even register that. Oh. See, this is okay. what I'm talking about. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was yeah. probably the best line in the play. Sorry, back yeah. on track.
1: <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, this is good, because I guess you are my English teacher for this play. Like, you're giving <laughs> the inside jokes and highlighting things. Um, what was I saying? But because this is, like, one of the first ones that I haven't read before, That I'm reading right now and like I guess I didn't give myself like a lot of like usually if I read one by myself I'll go in like and I'll search up things I'll look at like articles about it I'll see kind of what other people are saying but I didn't for this one and I kind of noticed myself like kind of tuning out a little bit as I read it um and there was even one part like in the beginning where I had to reread the passage because this is what it says I took a photo um she's like are we and for an onset titus to advance thy name in honorable honorable family lavinia will make will i make my empress rome's royal mistress mistress of my heart and i was like is he genuinely telling her dad right now that this is going to be his mistress like a side piece and then i reread it and i was like oh no 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 like the commander Oh. I was like, okay, so obviously the brain takes a little bit to warm up to the language used. And I was like laughing so hard at how like I misinterpreted that. But I was like, I had to go back and reread it. I was like, what is he actually saying this to her dad, <laughs> the guy who cares most about honor and purity? Like what? And so I thought that was really funny, but
0: Do you find listening to an audiobook of Shakespeare plays helps you understand it more? Because Like You have the cadence and the emphasis is emphases, sorry,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: narrated for you.
1: Yeah, like, I feel like I really don't fully register what's going on unless I hear it as well. Just because, like, otherwise, it's purely reading dialogue. So I used to be better at it, like, in high school. I think it's, like, a muscle that if you don't work, then it's not as easy to Mm -hmm. use. But, like, reading this, to me, because I hadn't read, like, a new play by him for a long time it honestly felt like reading, like, a script to a movie where it felt, like, almost robotic at times. And I was like, oh, like, ooh. And then I listened to it, and I was like, okay, like, it's all coming together. Um, that being said, it's nice to read it at first to kind of get a grip on the names and who everyone is.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Did you know anything about the plot going into it?
1: No. All I knew is, like, the people pie. And that's only <laughs> because you sent me a meme about it. Like, I was, like, did not know. Like, I, I never... <laughs> heard about Titus Andronicus, so this is a, a wild time.
0: So just kind of tackling off of that, this has been one of Shakespeare's like least respected plays.
1: Mm.
0: And like the first two centuries after it was written, people hated performing. it. Like they say there's no taste to it, it's just violence for violence's sake. And it's not until probably the last century or so that it's kind of come back into the spotlight. Mm. But even now, scholars still say like, this is one of his first efforts, it's not really as prestigious as what he would go on to write. So I found that interesting that these aren't thoughts of violence and stuff that we're just having now. It's been like that for centuries.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I think that again, like I wasn't, I wasn't taking it as seriously as I took other works by him, but I thought that was just because it wasn't like my kind of genre maybe. But then like looking back into it, like I do think it's impressive that he was working with, like myths that had already been established before that's interesting to me but I wouldn't have known that if it wasn't for you explaining (laughs) it to me so like if again if this is like my first Shakespeare play like if I was like in like that era I, I probably would not return for his next flick um at the movie but uh yeah like I I guess like it just didn't have as much feeling towards the characters but I guess that's kind of like arbitrary because the feeling or like the the built-up character arcs like that I do know are like popular ones like A Midsummer Night's Dream or Romeo Mm -hmm. and Juliet or Twelfth Night and that's because they're so like big in pop culture that like I I must have like attributed things to them by interacting with them in different ways so I thought that was really interesting because I was like I wonder if I had seen a movie of this or a play of this if that would have impacted how much I felt toward the characters, because I did not like, to me, like it honestly felt like these could have been like, like sock puppets in front of me. And I would have been like, okay. And that's why I kind of had to come with it. I would
0: love to see a sock puppet adaptation of this play.
1: (laughs) Join our Patreon for extra content. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but I, that's why I had to like apply like the real housewives angle to it because I was like, other than like somewhat juicy gossip surrounding honor, I don't feel like there's any meat to these characters. They're just kind of like there, um, which isn't a bad thing. And especially if it's like someone's like first set of work, like nobody, nobody is writing like the great Shakespearean play on the first try, I guess, but we
0: can draw an interesting parallel with our film degree because we learned how in early cinema, it was an emphasis on spectacle over yeah. substance, I guess you could say. And that's kind of like this. Like, you'd, like in the 60s, and 20s, you wouldn't go to the play to see the story of Titus Andronicus. You'd go to see the spectacle of the gore and yeah. people being baked into pies and people cutting off their own hands and stuff. So,
1: Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely true. Um, but yeah, I guess I didn't realize, like, how much nuance was in this in terms of, like, race, gender, like, everything that's going on. Um So I I guess like maybe if I reread it a second time and like really paid close attention to it, that would be a good thing to look into. Yeah.
0: Speaking of gender, did you find Lavinia a well-developed character? No. She's probably the biggest victim of the play.
1: Yes. And I feel like she wasn't like, I feel like this happens a lot when we look at like early lit where like the woman is just kind of there as a vehicle for like a man to be upset or happy over and so she didn't really have anything going on for her except for, like, she was the symbol of, like, innocence and chastity. And then she wasn't. So then that's why he, you know, kind of got to freak out. But I was, like, there was, there was nothing to her. And it was kind of unfortunate. Um, but that being said, like, there wasn't much to Tamara either other than being, like, a very, like,
0: uh-huh.
1: vengeful mother. Um, but, yeah. Not so much
0: fun. I've point. heard some people parallel Lavinia to Rome itself in the, mm-hmm. like the late imperial period because Rome fell to invasions from Goths.
1: Right.
0: So if you can see the story of Lavinia as kind of like a symbol of like being ravished by Goths and then eventually being killed by her own father then but
1: yeah that's interesting. That comparison I is
0: kind of problematic because Rome wasn't exactly like a symbol of virtue before no. the Goths came along so
1: But like uh, I think that kind of brings towards, like, a problem that I had, like, virtue versus honor. I don't Mm -hmm. think they were trying to defend virtue. I think they were trying to defend honor. Like, it's it's all about pride and, like, who has, like, the bigger gladiator spear, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) Like, that's what it felt like to me. I don't know. Like, the whole story where it was, like, you guys, like, it's gonna be okay. Like, just everybody calm down and just, like, (laughs) I don't know.
0: And so let's um, just all talk this out.
1: <laughs> I have the talking stick. Let's sit in a circle. <laughs> like, nobody, nobody panic. Nobody throw a glass of wine. Nobody bake a people pie. We're going to make it through this.
0: That's what we all want to see on stage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that that would really please the crowd. Peaceful <laughs> <laughs> mediation to work towards <laughs> harmony.
0: I wonder, that's probably especially true, the spectacle thing for the audiences at the time, because I'm sure a lot of them wouldn't have known a lot about. Roman history or Roman, like, social structure or anything, so yeah. as as people get killed.
1: Yeah, that's what they're <laughs> in it for. They're in it for, like, the, the pleasure. <laughs> I, I think that's a really good point, point. and, like, taken from that perspective, like, yeah, I think this did the job. This is, like, the equivalent of, like, like, an action movie or something, where, like, the, the plot and characters aren't that well-developed, it's just kind of about the explosions, or in this case, like, the people pies and mutilations so
0: like a 400 year old vin diesel movie
1: <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely like i love that we just keep trying to like tie this to things to make sense of what happens <laughs> in these pages but you know overall glad glad that i gave it a try do not think i'll be reading it again um but yeah
0: okay so i want to talk adaptations okay so because the play was so unpopular, there are very few adaptations compared to a lot of other of other Shakespeare's, like, more famous plays. Yeah. But there was a recent one in the 90s just called Titus. Oh. Which is a very strange movie.
1: Hmm. Who, who's in it?
0: It stars Anthony Hopkins as Titus. What? It's got Jessica Lange as Tamara.
1: Are you kidding? <laughs> I love Jessica Lange. Okay.
0: I'd say check it out. It's a, it's a good experience, but it's very postmodern, like... Okay, it blends elements of like ancient Rome and the modern world. Like they have characters dressed up in like togas and Roman armor, but then they use guns. And like he dresses up as a modern cook in the last scene, and they ride in cars and stuff. So oh,
1: that's super interesting. That's very not... exp- like
0: expression expressionistic, okay. something like that.
1: <laughs> Those are not the stars that I anticipated being attached to this movie.
0: <laughs> it's very interesting because yeah. Anthony Hopkins plays nuts very well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. So does Jesse i see if anything,
0: just look up the final scene, like the the pie scene of the movie, and that'll that'll kind of sum up the whole thing for you. But, God. That's really the only mainstream adaptation that I know of, so I'd recommend people watch that if they don't want to read the play, but they want to have the experience.
1: Yeah. No, that sounds (laughs) interesting.
0: I know there have been stage adaptations, but nothing on a huge scale.
1: Mm. Like,
0: you won't go see this at Stratford in the Park or something.
1: No, I doubt anyone would want to.
0: Until Sophia and I do our Sock Puppet adaptation of it.
1: Then we'll draw a crowd. That's that's (laughs) going to go make it big. Our names and lights and socks.
0: (laughs) So yeah, that's Titus Andronicus on the whole. Do you have any other points you wanted to talk about?
1: No, I I feel like uh, I covered everything and learned more than I even realized. Do
0: you have any concluding remarks about the play?
1: My concluding remark is... If we turned this into a real Housewives franchise, who would with you sock
0: puppets. with
1: Sock Puppets? Who would you cast as Titus and who would you cast as Tamara?
0: I think after seeing the Titus adapt adaptation, yeah. they play their roles very well.
1: Perfect. <laughs> so hard we're just so, going with hard,
0: it. Yeah. It's hard to dissociate them from that, but
1: I think I would put like Jane Lynch, like the the coach from Glee, as Tamara. And I think for Titus, I would put in like, like William Shatner. Like, let's just go in. Let's lean in. Like, let's let's make it campy. I want like William. Would you said that
0: in the modern day, or set it back in the ancient oh, no. Rome?
1: ancient rome for sure like we're gonna get togas for sure and i want william shatner to do that thing like he did on star trek where he would like overact and like fall over and like clutch the wall and i want him to do that anytime anyone gets hurt
0: oh i've lost my hand <laughs>
1: yes that's that's who i was envisioning when this was uh, going on in my head any concluding remarks Austin? <laughs>
0: I, yeah, I, I like this play a lot. Maybe not as much as the first time I read it, but I don't know if that makes me a bad person to enjoy it. But.
1: <laughs> no, awful things happened in the past. It's interesting to see how people, like, represented that to their like, present.
0: Like, obviously, I don't like, like representations of women being raped and stuff and mm-hmm. women losing their sons and everything, but aside from that.
1: Aside from that.
0: I like seeing people cooked into pies. When Game of Thrones was good, <laughs> they did that plot line as well.
1: <laughs> when Game of Thrones was good. Yeah. No, I definitely think this is, like, one of those things where it's, like, it is a horror movie. Like, anyone who watches a horror movie doesn't like it when, like, again, people are harmed or, like, that kind of thing. But the language used in the in the play was cool. Like, I remember there's another quote that I wrote down where they were trying to convince Titus to become... Um, emperor like you mentioned and this line came up it was them convincing him be candidatus then and put it on and help to set a head on headless Rome like that's beautiful like it's uh-huh. about, like, the language and stuff um, which I really like but obviously that's a,
0: that's a good metaphor for like Rome at the time too was not what it was 300 years before
1: yeah and you know what it reminds me of um, in my big fat Greek wedding where, where the, the main character is talking to her mom and she's like, well, like, dad is the head of the family. And the mom is like, yes, but I am the neck. And the neck can turn the head any way it wants.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: the funniest line. Um, so, yeah, that's what that reminded me of, too. Uh, but obviously, Shakespeare had a little bit more poeticism. tree like nature towards that. But yeah. We don't agree what was like being put forth in the play, but it was really interesting to
0: read. Yes, it was entertaining.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks, Austin. This was a good pick.
0: <laughs> and we haven't decided what our next episode will be, but no, oh. figure that out one the time. Probably something more uplifting than Titus Andronicus.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll pick something <laughs> a little bit more cheerful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we hope you're doing well, and we hope you're having a good week.
0: Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, talk to you later.
0: See ya.